0: This is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women, with your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis.
1: Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Monday, May 3rd, 2021. Make sure you're following this show's social media pages on Facebook at the Shanice Lewis Show and on Instagram and Twitter at Shanice Show. And make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider and never miss a show. Today, we have a very special guest. Tracy Christian is the owner of TCA Management, a Los Angeles-based boutique talent agency and the founder of Sante Grace, a fashion-forward luxury plus-size clothing line. A veteran talent agent with more than 20 years in the industry, her past clients include Oscar winners Melissa Leo, Octavia Spencer, and Monique, as well as Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. In 2020, Tracy took everything she learned from years of working for textile manufacturers and designing her own wardrobe and poured it into Sante Grace. It is a fashion-forward luxury plus-size clothing line with garments ranging from Italian silks, cashmere, and transitional cottons. This means the line is also sustainable. Sante Grace is designed exclusively by women and pays workers a living wage, something that unfortunately is not the standard in the garment industry. Let's welcome Tracy to the show. Hello, hello. Hi, I'm so excited to talk to you today. How are you?
0: I'm doing terrific
1: this Monday. Terrific, and yourself? good just happy to be alive (laughs) and in good health
0: sometimes you got to get it down to its elements any day above
1: ground is a good day day. (laughs) right so let's learn a little bit about you before we go into your clothing line so prior to launching um sante grace and let me know if i'm saying it right um briefly tell us about your background because you have a very interesting background
0: um, well, first, the name of the company, that, the agency that I run, is TCA MGMT, not TCA Management. Uh, and I only call out that difference because in our business, there's a difference between agencies and management companies. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. So while I was in school, look, I, I think like a lot of women, when you're in high school, I worked at every clothing store that there was, you know, everywhere that i wanted to shop and when i moved to los angeles to go to school i started working for a uh, textile converter so i was dealing with and it was a pretty well-established company i was dealing and watching people create the designs that appear on textiles learning dye techniques who used to what's a jobber what's you know uh, learning all of that kind of stuff, watching people. Literally, I was processing orders where people might order, order 10 million yards of a fabric, and then we had a mill in New Jersey that actually created the textile. So that was a real education for me, and then I was still, you know, working various retail jobs to make ends meet. Um, and all that time, I was eating, and <laughs> – <laughs> getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> you know, going from like a size 14, 16, ultimately I think the biggest I've been is about a size 26. And you know, this is before the ASOS and fast fashion and you know, um I'm being really unhappy with the offering in the marketplace, right? So there's there were a handful of designers that would make it 18 but really what you were doing is going to Lane Bryant. And there were a few boutiques around the country, you know, but everything was Lane Bryant. And I'm happy they existed. But when you're a young woman and you're dating and you're trying to be fly, Lane Bryant, Lane Bryant was not doing it.
1: So doing it you, you originally started in um, – like you say in the garment district and textile but then you transitioned into entertainment now being a yeah. plus-size woman in the entertainment industry even though you're behind the scenes have you ever been discriminated against how about every day
0: <laughs> no, i believe how it about every single
1: day you know
0: um yeah i i i've had some some experiences in this business. But, you know, I was saying um, in a, a recent interview, you know, I'm an African American woman. And it's unfortunate, but it's just the reality. We are still integrating spaces. Women are still integrating spaces. And black women are still integrating spaces into 2021. Right? All of us my generation I'm speaking for, we've probably had a job where we were the first black person hired or the only black person there or the only woman. Right. Um, You know, I think one of the things is our parents prepared us for this, right? They knew the path that we were set on and some of the the challenges that we were going to have. So, you know, I've been trained to be the tip of the spear you know, to to be, you know, to to open the, pry the door open and take it off the hinges for the next woman. I've been trained to do that since I was a little girl, so it's not alien to me at all.
1: hmm Now, I read that one of the reasons that you decided to start your clothing line was because you saw a void in the plus-size market, and when you were trying to find dresses like to go for, to the Oscars, you couldn't find anything to wear.
0: Yeah, that's true. So, you know, when I was a young woman, I was really just looking for hot mama clothes, and those weren't, you know, available. But um, as I got older and and supposedly more sophisticated, it was really hard to find. Like, I remember having the experience of getting an interview at, you know, a top agency that I wanted to work at. And after you get the, the interview, I'm thinking, you know, what am I going to wear? Um, this job is going to pay me $250,000 out of the year, I mean, from a, a year before commission. How do I walk into that office looking like I'm worth $250,000? And mm-hmm. I went to Bullock's. I went to Lane Bryant. I went to Macy's. I went to Sachs, I went, you know, Barney's was still around there. And, and, and I couldn't find anything. So I literally had to have a seamstress that I knew come to my office, take my measurements, and start making a suit for me. And uh, so what I did a lot of times is I'd see something in vogue that I liked. I would change it so that it made sense for my body. And then I had – there was a fabulous woman who had a company has a company called Dorcas here in Los Angeles And then I would sit down with her and we'd make an entire wardrobe for a season for me. And because Hmm. I worked in the textile industry, I knew textiles pretty well. And I loved to to put together, you know, patterns that didn't make sense to most people. So, you know, I really feel like that struggle, God was preparing me to launch Sante Grace, you know?
1: And, you know, it's, even in uh this year and day and age there's still some actresses that can't get dressed for award show. So I remember a couple of years ago Leslie Jones was saying nobody wanted That's to dress right. her for the red carpet. So it's still a problem.
0: It's it's crazy, you know. So so to just answer your question, I'm sorry I went off on a tangent. So I was having people make my clothes and I kind of you know, every once in a while someone would come up to me and be like, Oh, you know You should start your, you made that, you start your own clothing line. And it was in the back of my mind, and I had a few false starts. I never got further than just, like, getting the domain name. You know, life would take Mm -hmm. over or finances or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then when we, um, when the pandemic hit, I was literally at home having anxiety (laughs) anxiety attacks, but working my butt off. To keep my primary business afloat, the talent agency, and to lend a hand and support our clients, so it was odd because it wasn't like I was I wasn't busy, right? But I Mm -hmm. I distinctly remember one night going to bed around two or three o'clock in the morning, and I felt a voice. I heard a voice say, "Start your clothing line," and I literally it was so strong. That I sat up in my bed, I went and got my laptop, and I registered the domain name that night. Wow. That was the start.
1: And from there it was history.
0: From there it was history, yeah. So funny thing about Sante Grace, it's really bad French, right? Uh, To say St. Grace in French, and I'm named line after my grandmother who taught me how to sew. Mm-hmm. We say Sangras, right, Sangras. But when I registered the name, I didn't have all my contacts. I was sleepy, so I misspelled sangra, and instead I registered Sante
1: Grace. <laughs> well, it works. Yes,
0: I like Sante Grace better.
1: <laughs> right, right. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. So, Even before you decided to move forward with this clothing line, were you familiar with the plus-size community prior to launching, or are you learning now on the job?
0: Girl, this is on-the-job training. I'm learning. (laughs) I'm learning. First of all, I'm so pleased that there's a community and there's opportunity and shows like yours. You know, when when I was thirty years old and trying to figure out, hey, I I got these tickets to the Golden Globes, now what do I wear? There wasn't anything like this, right? Like someone can download your podcast or go to a website and get a listing of, you know, ten or twenty websites or stores that have all types of different, you know, plus size clothing. That right. didn't exist before. You know, so it, it's um, it's it's fantastic that we have our own community and advocates. And there's a thing as such, the thing as fat fashion. But yeah, I'm learning all of the names of players, and you know, I'm making every mistake there is to make. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so okay, you're learning on the job about the community. What are some of the other obstacles you're having launching your brand?
0: The biggest obstacle is uh, education, right? Like I, I knew I have to do the work. You might not believe it, but I'm a pretty shy person. Um, It's not a natural thing for me to be networking or speaking to a bunch of people. Like one of in entertainment,
1: you don't do that in entertainment.
0: I do, but we have a pretty tight knit community
1: right? Like
0: Mm -hmm. I'm probably speaking to the same, I've been in this business 25 years and I'm speaking. So you know, everybody. Yeah. 500 or so people for the last 25 years. Of course, new people that come in and out, but if I don't know them, I know their agent or their manager or their attorney, you know? So it's a little different. This, you know, I'm meeting everybody for the the first time, but um, I I think club size women have been so marginalized and taken advantage of that uh, they don't have, hmm, many times it's a challenge getting women to feel like they de- they're deserving of something better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're fortunate enough to, stores are starting to pick us up. And I was in one store the other day, Matt Argyle, And I gave a pair of of pants to this woman. I said, oh, you know, you're a two. She's like, no, I think I'm a three. Okay, you know your body. Put on the three. She puts on the three. I said, yeah, see, they fit great. And I'm looking at her. I said, look, you are so accustomed to trying to squeeze your body into something that you just automatically say, I'm a three. You're not a three. Try on the two, honey. And she puts on the size two of our joggers, and they fit like a tailored pant. And, you know, she was practically in tears. She's like, nothing ever fits me. I have to walk into stores and just ask what the biggest size is. And sometimes then it doesn't even fit. And I'm like, I know, I know. I'm like, you're not a size three. You're actually a size two. Most of the clothes that you're wearing are probably made in China. You know, they're made offshore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not cut generously. You know, they're cut for a different type of body. So I think because our clothes are designed and manufactured by plus-size women, we have a different standard. Like, I don't manufacture anything that I can't wear. And I'm right. almost 5'10", you know, over 275 pounds. I'm, mm. not put, I'm not putting anything in the marketplace that, you know, when I put on, it doesn't make me feel good. So we're also using, like you were saying, we use really amazing textiles, a ton of silk, like silk habitat, silk twill, you know, silk charmeuse. And I was having a, a conversation with one customer, and she's like, oh, these satin pants are so cute. I'm like, girl, that, no, that's not satin. That is silk charmeuse, okay? <laughs> that is $30 a yard and 45 inches wide. That is not satin. But we don't know because those clothes have never been made for us.
1: Right. So what do you think makes your brand stand out from the competitors? Well, one, the
0: fit, right? First of all, you'll find if you make a Sante Grace uh, purchase, these are your – like, you probably might have to go a size down if you're a petite woman, but – You know, I use the tagline, it fits, because for me, as a girl who's tall, and I got a stomach and a fupa and a behind and hips and breasts, nothing ever fits. And clothes fit. That's number one. Uh, Number two, you're not going to find stretchy, crazy, scratchy polyester in our line. You're going to find, you know, (laughs) <laughs> when I, I I obsessed over Isabel Marais and um, Saint Laurent and I would literally walk into the Saint Laurent store and be like, one day I'm going to have a whole collection of, you know, silk chiffon uh, blouses that look like this one day. And I thought the way to get that would be to lose weight. No, mm-hmm. I'm, making them I'm making them now for women from 14 to size 30 right so now i got to educate my my consumer hey honey here's why fashion nova does a great job at what fashion nova does but here's why this blouse isn't 25 dollars, right here's what this type of stitching means for you or when i i make a a dress and it's cut on the bias here's what it's going to do for your body and here's what it's going to do for your wardrobe. Instead of you wearing something five or six times and it's getting little balls on it or it's falling apart or, you know, whatever the case may be, this is a garment that's manufactured well enough that you'll be able to, you know, pass it down to your daughter, and it'll look even better than it did when you initially bought it.
1: Now let's talk about the price point of your uh, clothing line, because sometimes – when people have luxury things for plus-size women, it's a hard sell because they're used to buying this um, Instagram boutique made-in-China stuff. But tell yeah. us your, your price point and, you know, why? Why is that price point?
0: So um, one of the things women may not know is how clothes are manufactured. Like you were saying, most of – a ton of stuff now, especially in the plus-size market – is manufactured offshore and uh, by mostly black and brown people in places like Mexico, Pakistan, and, you know, China. And those people do not make a living wage. It's the same, surprisingly, when things are made in the United States. There's a horrible thing called piecework where, you know, you're a woman and you come into a factory and they pay you, you know, 50 cents a sleeve. And if your, whatever happens, you know, you man, you sew 100 sleeves that day, you make $50. If you can't sew 100 sleeves, you know, it is what it is. And there's no vacation, there's no 401K, there's no health insurance, none of that. So we pay our workers a living wage. I don't believe that anybody who works a 40-hour week, that's you, that's me, that's our sewers, they should be able to support themselves and their kids, right? I'm not saying right. you need to be rich, right? But what happened in in this country, you used to be able to have a high school education and go out and get a job where you could make enough money to get an apartment. Mm-hmm. Like, that should be the baseline. And I'm watching people, whether they're, you know, coming from other countries or whatever, but I'm watching just It's getting harder and harder to make a living in the United States. We used to be the land of opportunity. So if it means that I have to make a little less money, then that's what I'm prepared to do. I want to make sure that people come to work, and it's a healthy and happy and safe environment, and that means paying people at least a minimum wage.
1: And now so, tell me the, um, the price point of your line, where it goes from what to sure. what
0: so i'd say probably the least expensive item on the website is about $35 on up to 1400 so it was it was also really important to me like we're using luxury fabrics like cashmere is cashmere right but mm-hmm. i also didn't want to be one of those lines where you know a pair of pants is $600 because I know that's out of the reach for the the average American woman but you know our silk joggers are $200 and we offer after pay sizzle quad pay all of that and, you know you sign up you get a discount and I think that makes it you know you might not depending on your budget be able to uh, you know pay for everything in one fell swoop but you know there's an opportunity to break down payments everybody gets to eat you know
1: And what's your most expensive item?
0: Girl, God is good. Okay, so I met uh, a man here in Los Angeles who used to work for Mr. Versace. And yes, yes. And uh, we work with him on a lot of our outerwear and many of our suits. And uh, I designed a jacket, a baseball jacket, that's all sequins. And I couldn't find anybody in all of Los Angeles with all of its factories. I couldn't find anybody to make this jacket. And when I found Adolfo, Adolfo sat down and sewed this jacket for me by hand. Oh, wow. So so that jacket is
1: $1,400. Nice, nice. So it's a wide range of prices from affordable all the way up to exclusive. So it's something for everybody.
0: There's something for everybody. You know, um, if you're, you know, to me, like, uh, there's a hero collection, a collection that we're always going to carry, and that's like our silk uh, charmeuse jogger, our silk chiffon, uh, pussy bow, and a turban. And that outfit would be $500. dollars
1: hmm Now, you launched your um, brand during the COVID-19 pandemic. So when you launched, you know, a lot of people are on lockdown. You couldn't do too much. But now that we're opening up a little bit, are you going to have a launch party for your line in Beverly Hills? <laughs>
0: I am. So we're talking about um, a few events. Uh, I, again, I was so fortunate. I met a woman named Jen Wilder here in Los Angeles, and she is co-owner of the Plus Bus. Yes, we love her. Yeah, so Jen is, you know, she's a great and wonderful odd. So every idea goes through Jen. She handles production management for, for us, she designs. So we're talking about having an event at the plus bus. Um, I also represent a celebrity hairstylist named Ted Gibson. So I think we're going to have an event for, uh, some of our VIPs and for press at Ted's salon and, uh, a few other things that are
1: for clients. Yeah, yeah, you should I'm do something on awesome. Rodeo drive. Cause I went to a couple parties on Rodeo drive before they have like event spaces. They do. Our office is um, about four blocks from Rodeo. Yeah, that'll be exciting just to have something that, uh, you know, exclusive for plus-size women. They wouldn't know what to do with all the plus-size women coming down Rodeo. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's true. That's true. That's true.
1: So who are you looking to collaborate with in the plus industry in 2021?
0: That's interesting. Um, I Well, you said you're still learning.
1: You're still learning, everybody.
0: (laughs) There's a few influencers that I've seen and a few models. Um, And I want to, you know, I want to do some things there. Um, But, you know, I have the collection for 2021 all mapped out. And we're doing some very left of center. Well, I won't say left of center, but things that I haven't really seen other plus size um, companies do. But I just think about less about the collaboration. Um, I want to. I don't, do, do you know a stylist named June Ambrose?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So June is far from plus size. like five one, yeah, she's 95 skinny. pounds. Right. But yes, I've represented I've you know, off and on I've represented June for probably fifteen years. And I love June's eye. Um, I love her as a person and as a mom and you know, she and Mark have a fabulous family. But I really would like to do like a little capsule collection with June and bring her eye, um, to Sante Grace. Uh There's another stylist who I obsess about, who I've had the opportunity to meet, Patty Wilson. And then I want to get to know the plus-size community better. Like, who's the Patty Wilson of plus-size, you know, and do capsule collections and travel collections um, with those types of people? And if you are a plus-size girl somewhere and you aspire to have a career like one of these women and haven't had a platform, then reach out you know, because maybe there's something that we can do together.
1: Absolutely. And are you going to try and merge your two worlds in any way, like maybe have more plus-size talent on your board and try to bring a, a spotlight to the plus-size community and entertainment?
0: I would love to. I would love to. What I, um, I really, and being very conscious about, um, you know, paying people money to endorse or be part of the Sante Grace team, because really what happens is the consumer ends up paying for that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not what I want. You know, again, plus size women have been taken advantage of enough. Um, I'm thankful that I have a career where I do well, so I don't have to, you know, pay my mortgage by versus Sante Grace. I want to keep the line as affordable for women as I possibly can. So um, I really want to find, like, who are the OGs? People like you, right? Like, you've built your following from the ground up, and people respect what right. you say. Right? So for me, it's less about and, – and, look, as an agent, I negotiate those deals, It's less about finding someone that's, you know, in entertainment and they happen to be a size 20, giving them a check and having them, you know, endorse the line. I would much rather find, you know, some young woman who reminds me of me when I was 25 years old, you know, who's a grad student and trying to get a great job and trying to have a social life or a mom that's 50 and you know, whatever, and I would much rather dress those people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's who this line is really for.
1: So you're not gonna pull strings and get it on TV shows?
0: Um well some people have already <laughs> pulled clothes. <you> know, <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, they've already they've already done that. Yeah. So, so what I'll
1: make those announcements.
0: I'm so bad at that. I'm so bad at that.
1: You better post it on your Instagram.
0: <laughs> look, before Sante Grace, I didn't even have an Instagram.
1: Okay, <laughs> so you didn't run the one for your agency. You had somebody to do that.
0: Um, we—if you look at the TCA uh, Instagram, we had one, but it was—it's only like what? What do we like? Post
1: twice a month.
0: You know, like being
1: having a pregnancy
0: right. Yeah, it's You know, it's attraction, not promotion
1: Got it You know, at a
0: certain level Yeah, so it's not something that we really do It was more about just You know, if there was some information Or, you know, an article That was written about
1: diversity We post that or some type of Platitude But uh, So you so never I'm posted learning. like Sean is on Grey's Anatomy tonight You don't do those type of things Really no,
0: because look, that's my job. Like getting clients' opportunities—that's my job. Like I don't stay in business if I don't do that, so I don't feel like that's worthy of applause.
1: You know what I will
0: do? What I will do is, you know, like during the pandemic, my client Tisha Campbell sold a scripted series. So, you know, when that was announced, I'll share the announcement. Um, but yeah, like. That's what agencies are supposed. Like, if you're a heart surgeon, you're not posting on Instagram. Saved another life today. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you know, People don't you to die.
1: <laughs> true, true, true.
0: <laughs>
1: so, what is the ultimate goal of your career and brand? You know, I think it morphs um, every week,
0: but. <laughs> But really, I would like to set a new standard for plus-size clothing. I will, of course, I plan to be, and we're going to be incredibly successful and morph into a lifestyle brand. And what that means to me is, like, already we have clothes. We've started to uh, exp- experiment with shoes a little bit. That We have these amazing candles that are handmade here in Los Angeles that we have fragrance but you know i would like to continue to just grow the line organically so that it represents our lifestyle you know for the sante grace woman you should be able to get up in the morning and spray sante grace in your hair you know on your body brush your teeth with it uh, you know <laughs> everything on it and, and wear it to the office
1: yeah so do you have anything else happening that we can be on the lookout for that maybe we didn't get to cover?
0: So we're launching a comic book, and that will be used to promote the summer and spring line, which, God willing, uh will
1: be launching in three weeks or less. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, good for you. I'm excited with everything you have going on, but before you go, Tell us your official website and your social media pages.
0: Uh, so the website is santegrace.com, which is dot com. On IG, we're Sante Grace. Uh, on Facebook, we're Sante Grace. And on YouTube, we are Shop Sante Grace. Um, oh, so for your listeners, yeah, if there's anybody in Los Angeles and you have experience making videos or, you know, you want to model, uh, what do the kids say? Hit me up and DM me or whatever you got
1: <laughs> <to> do. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll definitely refer some. them. Actually, I have a Facebook group called the Los Angeles Plus Community. So I don't know if you oh. are on Facebook, but I add me as a friend and I'll add you into that group
0: see thank you that's so kind of you yeah so i'll do that
1: yeah anyway you know i can support just let me know and i don't know if you know this but i'm an actress too so let's see how we can help each other okay
0: okay so you have <laughs> send me your demo reel sis let's see what we can do together
1: oh uh, sounds good <laughs> so thanks again for taking the time to talk with me today and enjoy the rest of your day Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, and we'll be in touch. Okay. Bye, darling. Bye-bye. And thank you to my guest today, Tracy Christian. Make sure you support her line, Sante Grace, and support her in any way you can. Follow her on social media as well. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. You've been listening to the Shanice Lewis Show. For more info about the show,
0: visit ShaniceLewisShow.com.